State Street, across from the historic Chicago Theater. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Carmen and Yurka, live from the old National Bank State Street studio on WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. You know, I was saying, Yurka, we're talking about a trip to Minnesota, and Chris has been there. He's like, you guys got to do it. I, uh, I put the wheels in motion last year. You know, I, we learned long ago from our, our, our dear friend, our great friend, uh, the late great Storm and Norman Van Leer. If it's free, it's for me. Calm That's down right. Norm. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Uh, if I could start greasing the wheels for a free trip to Minneapolis. So when the Keeper's Heart folks were in, and we love Keeper's Heart, you know, their distillery is in Minneapolis. They built a beautiful, I haven't been there. I've just Ooh. seen the pictures here. They built a beautiful, the O'Shaughnessy family built this beautiful uh, distillery and visitor center. I mean, it is it's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Car. Big bar. We'll visitor have to go center. by. We'll have to go by. And they, you know, they they brought Brian Nation over from Ireland, who was for mm-hmm. uh, distilled all the uh, the you know for Irish distillers for years. Right. Middleton, the stuff, Redbreast, all the stuff yeah. we love, all the good uh, stuff. Powers. Brian's working for Keeper's Heart now. And when they were here, I started. I, I pulled the Yurko. I said, guys, not for nothing, but you know, listener trip to Minnesota when the Bears play the Vikings, do the could show they, live at the distillery. They... Oh, and they lit up. Yeah. We got to close on that deal. Got to close it, kid. And I want to see that stadium. As we call it, we're opening that. Well, we're opening, opening the bottle. We're opening oh, that. Oh, this bottle's already. Look so at I've that. already got the double dip. It's Sunday, Monday. Uh, it's either Green Bay, Minnesota, Minnesota, Green Bay. You know Minnesota's going to be on Monday night a handful of times next year. That's true. But you know we got to see when the Bears are there, though. You know, you know Green Bay. No, okay, but I'm talking about the double dip. You want the double Regardless dip. Regardless of the Bears. I got you. We're talking about the double dip to see the stadium. This is the stadium tour. Oof. This is not necessarily see the Chicago Bears. What a trip that would yeah. be. Can you imagine the double dips Sunday into Monday night? Best case scenario, Bears play on a Thursday night. That way I get my postgame duties done there. Wow. And then pop it, then I'm popping it. That'd be pretty That's awesome. That's what it's all about, popping it. So, uh, yeah, we already got uh, we, we, we got things wheels in motion. Wheels are in motion. The wheels Carter. are in motion. Wheels are in motion. I want to go see a Bears game at that stadium. I do, too. The beautiful thing is you can even go when it's late in the year. Although Minneapolis might not be that fun in November and December, but at least you don't freeze your, you know what, off Aiken in, uh, in the stadium. Panachkis, Aiken Panachkis. You don't want to be freezing those off ever, ever. And if we learned anything, and we've known this for years, the Bears fans travel and they turn out, oh, man. Yeah. Now, it's better when it's a warm weather place. That yeah. atmosphere in Dallas, forget about it. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. When we were in Tampa a couple years ago, Bears fans Ooh. everywhere, Yurko, as far as the eye could see, Bears yeah. fans. And so if we do a little show from that distillery, man, we'll pack the Bears fans in there. So hopefully big things happening in 2023. Let's add a Greg and Glenview. What's up, Greg? Hello, Greg. Hello. Hello. What's up, buddy? Hello, Greg. Talk to us. Talk to us, Greg. Yeah, okay. I'm talking. Just I got a couple things to say. Go ahead. I can't believe you guys didn't remember that George McCaskey brought Bill Polian in to to hire Matt well, yeah, but that we Don't you remember we, uh, that? Of Come course on. we remember that. I agree that with was you. going on for days and days. That happened, yeah. Yes. But George, but George yeah, it wasn't those him. morons, you know, that worked for the worked for the team. He brought in Bill right. Polian, who built two Super Bowl teams. But it was them that brought Buffalo in Polian. and the Colts. Yeah. Come on, he built those franchises. As the best in the league, I don't know, Greg. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're saying. And George Washington once chopped down the cherry tree. I mean, like, okay, but but Bill Polian didn't Bill Polian tell him to hire uh, Matt Eberflus, the the coach, before Chicago. 
No, he wasn't in on that one. Matt Eberflus. No, Polian wasn't in charge of Eberflus. He was Billion, in charge yes, of Nagy. Nagy no, and no, Pat. I think he was hit, both. I think he was George both. McCaskey Why would they go back Matt to Eberflus. the well? Why would they go they back to the him, well? They, Greg, I, Greg, I can't. You, you're, you're being ridiculous, Greg. I, I, I honestly, I mean, well, he's being I, completely ridiculous. He says yelling about, about yeah. uh, uh, Bill Polian. I mean, what, what, do we do? what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> and it might have been a Corsi that told them to hire. Uh, Ernie, of course, it might have been a Corsi that told them to hire Matt Nagy. I don't know. The point is, why should you have to hire outside people to pick your coach and general manager? That's right. It's why the Bears are are in the position that they're in. Is because there's nobody competent or capable of doing it themselves. Hopefully, Kevin Warren changes that. Hopefully, Ryan Poles is good as his is good at his job. You should you maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Do the Pittsburgh Steelers hire Ernie Acorsi or no. uh Bill Polian to no. pick their coach and general manager? No. Now maybe they did, and I don't know. I don't cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. My guess is they don't. Yeah, they don't. So I got the story January eleventh, twenty twenty two. I got the story here, just so we have it. Um, Polian is going to help decide the fates of Pace and Matt Nagy. Remember, he was brought in here to kind of decide what he wanted to do. <laughs> you needed to bring in somebody to tell you what to do with those two? The initial... I mean, that's the point. The official want of the Bears was to let Nagy go and keep Ryan Pace. Of course. And Bill Polian told them, get rid of both of them and start anew. Yeah, so okay. that's what they did. And so then I, I assume he was there also, if you go on in this article, you that he them was hire there to help Eber. advise yes. on Ryan Poles. Hiring outside people. And I don't know what Greg's point is anyway, that that, that means they hit a home run with Matt Eberflus because Bill Polian picked him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? They haven't hit anything yet. I mean, uh, they're 3-14, and 14, because, for heaven's sake. Because Bill Polian said hire Matt, Aberf- uh, Matt Eberflus. I'm supposed I, to just say, oh, okay. I, I don't even understand the argument, to be honest. Who the hell talked about Bill Polian? Why is Bill Polian even in this conversation? Polian's in the conversation because that's who the Bears hire. They hire former executives to advise them because they don't know any better. Uh, let's say hi to Paulie Cheesecake. Are you feeling better? Yes, I'm in rehab now. You're in rehab now. That's good. You're out of the hospital. Yeah. Good for you. Finally yeah, pushed so the, No more I'm drinking. No more drinking for Polly Cheesecake. Oh, stop. Well, I wouldn't say that, but... Uh, oh, do you not know what happened? Yeah. Were you not here last week? No, I was here. Oh, I know okay. what happened. You had a stroke. Paulie. I know. Uh, but He's feeling better. You're feeling better? Yes, I'm in rehab now. Okay, good. Uh, are you yeah. in a rehab facility that you have to stay in, or are you just going there like yes, a couple I'm times in, a uh, No, no, no. I'm in a rehab. I'm staying in a rehab right now. How long so are you going to be the, there? Uh, I that I don't know. Okay, but are you getting around okay, Paulie? Yes, I am. Oh. I'm doing physical therapy, and uh, I have uh, Bridget, uh, Les, and uh, Alice helping me out. Oh, beautiful! Beautiful. Right. Hey, have you made him a cheesecake yet, Paulie? I'm working on it. Have they oh. given you a sponge bath yet? I uh, well, yeah, that is yeah, they did. Oh, maybe, yeah. Never know. maybe something special uh, coming down the pipe. Salute there. Yeah, Hello. they did, but but I am going to be made, but I will be making a cheesecake. All right. uh, now, uh, how did you do in your picks last week? I went two and one. Two and one, Polly. I tell you, you give out a lot of winners, Polly. You Thank haven't you. had many bad weeks. Good work. What do you like for now, Wild Card Weekend? You going to give your picks right now? Yes, 
I know, I know you sound to be nuts, but I'm taking Miami. Ooh, yeah, you might be. You might be a little nuts. I mean, it's a lot of points in a playoff game, but they're beat half to hell, Paulie. Yeah. All right, so you're going to take but- Dolphins plus thirteen. I'm taking the Niners. You're going to lay the uh, the lumber with the Niners. You're going to lay nine and a half. Yes. Okay. Forty nine. And, 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 and I'm taking uh, the Lamar. No Lamar. You're going to take the, the You're going to take. Oh, you're going to take the Bengals. So that lines out yeah. to nine. You comfortable laying nine? That's fine. I want to. Bengals minus nine. He, he wants to. Yeah. One underdog and a couple of. He's uh, going to lay the favorites. nine. He's laying the yeah. nine. Lay the lumber, laying down, yeah. waiting for the sponge yeah. bath. Work on that Malice. sponge bath. Okay. Oh, yes, I will. Buddy. All right, buddy. See you, Paulie. Talk to you Talk next week. Next week, okay, Feel okay. Sounds good, okay. All right. Yeah, Paulie yeah, told us better. last week. Sounds better. He had a stroke. He's in, yeah. in the hospital, but he's doing Poor okay. And he's getting around, and he's in rehab now, so that's good to hear. Let's say hi to Danny and Schomburg hey, real quick. What up, Danny? Yeah, one second, please. Hey, guys, what's up? What, what, Sorry, what, what, I'm at Raising what, Cane's. What, 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 where do you order? Getting some chicken. Oh, some chicken? Where? Yeah, I'm at Raising Cane's, getting a little lunch. You know, I'm, hey, you know, multitasking. Oh, you're at Raising Cane's. Yeah, Raising Cane's. Yeah. Yeah, getting a little lunch. Hey, so I just heard you guys talking about show trip and spitballing. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm with it. I slid into your DMs the other night. <laughs> uh, Carmen Yurko, do the NOLA, the Big Easy. Let's get Dan Lackey. Let's get Apple Vacations. Dan oh, let's get Melrose, Mel- uh, Maryland for Melrose Park. She always tra- uh, tra- oh, talks my ear off. She's got a travel agent. She does. And boy. let's get a trip down there, boys. Uh, I'm. It's on the list, Danny. Go back to your Raising Canes. Enjoy your lunch. The Big Easy. Sylvie and Danny and I are debating, and we got to wait till the schedule comes out to see. Are you if taking we do the kids? It, if we do a trip with the boys, like with our, our sons, we would. I think we'll either pick Arrowhead or L.A. If we decide that the best trip that works best for all of us is New Orleans, we're not bringing the kids to New Orleans. No. So that would be just... That might uh, be an eye-opener for the boys. I'm not bringing my son to New Orleans. I love New Orleans. I will be in New Orleans in March, uh, I believe, pretty sure. For a long weekend, and I can't wait. I absolutely love visiting New Orleans. And if I could make it twice in a year, uh, I'm down for that. I've been pushing for a New Orleans trip among my friends for like three or four years. You ever now. been? No, never been. It is. I always wanted to go. My dad, my dad always says he likes uh, New Orleans more than Vegas. You know, I love Vegas, too. The two of the places I love visiting probably more than anywhere else or yeah. for a weekend. You know, I, yeah. uh, I like to travel, but I mean, just for a fun weekend. For food, for entertainment, for everything. I mean, uh, I love them both. But New Orleans is, it's spot on, man. The, the live jazz everywhere, the food, just the scene. And you don't even go in near Bourbon Street. That's a, Bourbon Street is a cesspool. I mean, uh, there's so much other great stuff to do in New Orleans. Uh, it'd be a fun, you know, what would really be fun if you could see when the schedule happens, let's take a look. But I mean, like if, if LSU's playing a home game, you know, you see a game like on a Saturday in Baton Rouge, you still go to New Orleans, you know, like you hang there Friday, Saturday, you go to Baton Rouge, see an LSU game. Now we're, you know, you're getting into a pretty big trip. Now you got but, something going on. And then you come back and you see the Bears. It's like we went to Tampa, went to the Florida State, Florida game. Right. That was right. At swamp. I remember you guys the swamp at the yeah. swamp. Yes, and Jack Youngblood was getting his number retired. That oh day. wow, how about that? It was a big to do. It's like something like that would be fun, and then you double up with the NFL game. We had on, a great time. on Sunday. Yeah, that's, such a fun time. That's a trip, man. Yeah, that's a trip. Hey, speaking of Florida, Hollywood, Florida, Yurko's going to be there next week. This is Dane on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, Dane. Dane, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Good. Man? What's Good. happening, babe? 
Hey, I got a scenario I don't know if anybody's thought of. Um, if we, we have the number one pick, we trade down to number two, ask Houston for Larry Metunsel. Okay, now we got the number two pick. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We trade down to Indianapolis and get some picks from them. Okay? Yeah. Then we trade down the fourth pick to, I believe, uh, Las Vegas is number seven. Uh, Vegas is seven, yes. Okay, now we yes. trade down to number seven and... Has anybody thought about that one? Well, I think people have thought about the notion uh, of kind of what you're hinting uh, at. It's just, just continue to things, just yes. add picks and just continue to move down. Yeah, I think um, I, depending on what they want, who they identify, and where they think they can get that player, I think your scenarios are in play, Dane, where you could move back a couple of times. Now, at some point, you want to stop moving back because you might identify a player that you think is great. If you've identified Will Anderson potentially as being great and you want him, you might not be able to move back two or three times. Tunsil's cap hit for the Bears. Uh, What's Tunsil's contract situation? Yeah, uh, this is his final year. This is his final year. This is his final year coming up. I don't know if they picked up the fifth-year option on him. I don't think they did because his career earnings wasn't no, he in Tunsil's Miami No, has been first? in the league more than five been years. Been way yeah. maybe more than five years, yeah. yeah. He's got one year left on his deal, 2023, and the cap number's a big number. Is it? Thirty-five million, and but you got to subtract the uh, signing bonus off of there, right? So the cap hit goes down to thirty-two. Uh, there was a restructure in there. I think that comes off too. Mm. So you're looking at the restructure is another thirteen million. It comes down to about nineteen million. Mm. Nineteen million bucks for him. That's not bad. But then you've got to sign him to a deal. Yeah, because if he's, why would right. you do it unless you're going to sign right. him to a deal? He's, he's going to be 29 this year. So he's still young enough, I guess, right, right? Right, So you could get four or five good years out of Laramie Tunsil, I believe, Yeah, at a high level. Who's still been a good player. Right, at about $20 million a year, you're going to have to do that. Move Braxton Jones over to the right side. He's a big, he's a big body that has proven that he can play. Boy, they got to work on just that. Gotta make sure, you just got to make sure that he's uh, you know, 100% physical. Coming up next, self-repped, by the way. Larry Tunsil self-repped? Yep. More guys than I thought do that. Yep. Lamar Jackson, uh, Roquan, Larry Tunsil. Coming up next, Yurko, McKnight at the movies, and then Todd Furman live in Vegas at 135. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. <laughs> Carmen and Yurko are back. No, no, no. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago. The Twitchers love playing McKnight at the Movies. Everybody loves McKnight at the Movies. We'll do a live edition next Thursday because Connor's going to be in for York next Thursday and Friday. We're live in our old National Bank State Street studio. And McKnight at the Movies is brought to you by the great folks at the Village of Elmwood Park. We have a restaurant gift certificate to give away. Senior Jefe. Senior Jefe. All right. The boss. Yes. Senior Jefe. Jefe. He's the boss, right? Isn't that what what Greg Walker called Ozzy Ginn when they found out what's his name had lost his swing? Adam Adam Dunn? I think so. Senior Jefe. He said Jefe. We've got a problemo. A problemo. We have problemo. We have a problem here. And what was the problem? The problem was Adam Dunn had lost his swing. What a story. Remember that? What a story. Ozzy tells the story. They get to spring training. Craig Walker takes one look at him. He's like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. What happened? Hefe. (laughs) Hefe. 
<laughs> we got a problem. We got a problem. Senior Hefe, uh, winner today gets a $25 gift card. So many great restaurants to choose from at Elmwood Park. That's why we love the partnership with them, because they're always offering up a different gift card. First correct caller is going to win, as always. 312-332-3776. When you think you know. Here we go. You're going to play with you. We don't know the movies that Connor's doing here. Here's part one. Our scene opens on a diner, The Lot. Voiceover lets us know the two men are having a conversation inside. A quick cut, we see the duo. One man, sharply attired, nice haircut, bordering on sleazy, sits at the table. He's got a coffee and a briefcase. The other guy isn't with him. He's just he's just walked up. This guy looks like, well, a tool. The whole toolbox. Wrenches, hammers, <laughs> loose screws at the bottom. The whole works. The tool is introducing himself to the seated suit. They're neighbors. This guy wants information about the suit, who he is, what it. he does, what he drives. It's awkward. It's intrusive. And this sprocket set doesn't care. Got to hand it to him. I got it. Okay. Uh, Twitchers have it, Chris? Immediately. Yeah, they had I, I that got it. immediately. Yeah, I got it. It took. Oh, he, he, Connor did a really great job of describing That's... the two of them. Um, that one was pretty good. All right, here we go. Part two. A bit on our actors. This is a huge movie for both of them. The spiffed up guy, the main character, is hunting an Oscar here. So is the director. They teamed up five times in ten years trying to break the seal but could not. The other guy gets nominated for Best Supporting, doesn't win here either. The movie got nominated for Best Picture, and it didn't win. Here's part three. Back to our scene. The giant-toothed, glasses-wearing <laughs> dork has gotten some answers. He can't believe how wealthy this other guy is. He presses him over and over and over again. He is incredulous. Really, that's the whole movie, just scene after scene, where we can't believe how much money the whole crew makes while they're doing all the nonsense that they do. So now that he's gotten proof, we've got a quick cut to the exterior. The tool's on the phone, suit by his side. He quits his job outright. He's going to work on Wall Street in the late 80s, so I'm sure everything will work out fine. Uh, this is, you know, we have these debates like best movie, our favorite movie. It's probably, and we have our winner already, so I can say the director. The, the Duchess. Like, it's probably, as much as I love this director, and the director is Marty Scorsese. Uh, while I don't know that it's his best movie, I think it might be his most rewatchable movie. I mean, Goodfellas is probably that. This is awfully close in terms of just sitting down and enjoying what you're seeing on the screen. You know what I'm saying? You're yes, like the yes. debauchery and the, the sleaziness and the, the silliness and the entertainment and everything yeah. else. Like, it's just, it is rip-roaring fun. That's the best way I could describe it. Tony, what's that movie? Wolf of Wall Street. It is, my man. Nicely done. And you're in Downers. You can make it to Elmwood Park. We'll send you that gift card, Tony. Make sure the guys have your info. It is Wolf of Wall Street, and here's the scene. Excuse me. Is that your car on the lot? Yeah. That's a nice ride. Thanks, man. Got me off. Hey, George Belfort, nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, actually, I, I see that car around. I see it around a lot. Well, you know, yeah, I think we live in the same building. Yeah, yeah, 12th floor? Yeah, 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 what floor are you on? Fourth floor. <laughs> yeah, some little kids, right. ugly wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do, bro? What do you mean, what do I do? For work, what do you do? I'm a stockbroker. Stockbroker? Yeah. Children's furniture. Oh, good for you. It's all right. You make a lot of money. Yeah, I do all right for myself. I'm trying to put it together. You got a nice car. Mm -hmm. We live in the same building. I'm just, I'm not understand how much, how much money you make. I don't know. 70000 last month. <laughs> the, 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 the
I'm serious. Yeah, no, I'm serious too. Seriously, how much money do you make? Um, I told you, seventy thousand. Well, technically seventy-two thousand last month, something like that. You made seventy-two grand in one month. Yeah. I tell you what. You show me a pay stuff for seventy-two thousand dollars, I'm gonna quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, Paulie, what's up? No, yeah, you know everything's fine. Hey, listen, I quit. <laughs> uh, never gets old, man. See, that's the definition of a rewatchable. You know what I've been oddly uh, into again recently because I watched a Netflix documentary on it. What's is, that? Uh, they, they Netflix just did something uh, recapping Bernie Madoff, the scandal. Uh, I don't know why I'm so captivated by that whole thing, Eric. I don't know. Because you want to know why people are so gullible to give their money away to a guy that's a con artist. Well, and it's it it basically just happened again with crypto. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, that's why. Mm-hmm. Like the story, you know the story, but it continues to happen. Do you know people what, continue to steal? That's just, people, that's just people, like life, right? People continue to steal. Somebody else will get away with it. And you know what else stands out, especially watching this Netflix documentary? Uh, how incompetent our government is. Oh, I mean, yeah. it really is. Oh, yes. it really is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that you had that um, well, uh, that Harry Markopoulos guy screaming at the SEC for years. And they just decided to do nothing. Yeah. And he always says, I could have gotten, I, 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 we could have, like, you could have had him when the Ponzi scheme was about $6 billion, which is a lot of money. Yeah. They finally caught him, and they didn't catch him. I mean, he had nothing, if it, not for this right. collapse in 08, he would have still been going when it was $70 billion or $60 billion. And this guy, like, the incompetence is truly well, stunning sometimes. If you saw the big short. I did. They're in Vegas. I did. The Great one, movie. The one yeah. young guy from the fund that is working with Brad Pitt, he goes and talks to a, a, a friend who used to uh, date the girl. She's by the uh, she's by the pool. He goes and talks to her, and she says, well, wouldn't you guys be interested in this? She goes, nobody's interested in anything following anybody. She goes, I'm just here. I'm not working. I'm just here trying to get a job at one of the big banks. And she was networking, trying to get with one of the big banks so she could make all the big money. Because yeah, if you're in the SEC looking over things, what are you making? I can't imagine much. Right. You're not making as much as the people that you're looking at and trying uh, to. And they're creating all these things and, and funds and this and that that don't even exist. And now all of a sudden I'm supposed to police something that never existed. And so, yeah, Chris is right. People are always going to steal because they see the, the loopholes. Right. You find them and you yes. know how to exploit people and. The system and it's like I am oddly fascinated still by like watching stories about it. Like how could it have gone on for so long and nobody, nobody. Carmen, I think you'll appreciate this uh, line of thought. I I was watching over the weekend The Departed Mm. and it was on TV a couple of times over the weekend. And so I caught it at two different points. And then I started doing the deep dive on Scorsese and uh, his career. And like it's hard to believe that. He's made more movies with Leo than he made with De Niro. De Niro? Oh, is that right? And like, and then I was trying to figure out, okay, if you lay out both, which was a better run? Oh, man. The run where he basically makes every movie for like a 12-year period with only De Niro or the, the run that he made where every single movie, DiCaprio is his lead in every single movie they made in, in recent times. 
And then to go one step farther is, is I think you are onto something with the Wolf of Wall Street possibly being the most enjoyable. Yeah. But Goodfellas and The Departed are like in that count. Those three movies are just unbelievably great. Like I think Goodfellas and Departed are better movies. Yeah. I think Wolf of Wall Street is the most fun. He's got a movie coming what I with De Niro and yeah. DiCaprio. Comes oh, of the Flower Moon. He yeah. does. Aren't yeah, they? It's, it's supposed to be great. And aren't De- I thought De Niro, I thought uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese were doing Devil no, in the they, White City. Did they that- bought the rights and then they never could get it. Um, they could never get the production Why behind not? it. So they lost the rights. I believe I, someone else, like Amazon, acquired it or something. Yeah, uh, that's, that's gone. I wanted the two of them to do that. I love that book. I love it. Yeah, Leo, will, I don't think he'll be in that anymore. That's, I a think. Good, that's a good question, though, Chris. Like, if we put the two sets of movies side by side, like the Scorsese, De Niro run versus the... Because when, when you say it, like, you say, yeah, of course he makes movies with both of those two actors, but then if you go to his IMDb and actually look at it, he, like, only made movies I know. with those two actors. I know. It yeah, is You go all the way back to 76 right? with yeah. Taxi Driver. Right. Then, oh, yeah, Taxi Driver, Raging uh, Bull. New York, New York. New York, New York. Is um, De Niro. Um, the oh, the, the com- comedian one. Yeah, with, with, uh, with Rupert Pupkin. Why am yes, I blaming? The King uh, of Comedy. King of Comedy. Um, Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Uh, the right. remake of Cape Fear, which was brilliant. Goodfellas. Goodfellas, yes. Did um, Scorsese did do Midnight Run, right? No, that's not no. Scorsese. No. Casino. Uh, Casino. There you go, Chris. Yep, there's another one. And then he switches by the late 90s. He's into, or early 2000s, he's into DiCaprio. And, yeah, he does uh, Gangs in New York, right? Isn't that early 2000s? Yeah. Which, which yep. actually I don't love. It's probably my least favorite Scorsese movie. It, it's like uh, Gangs from New York, um, Shutter Island. Shutter Island, which I liked. Aviator. Aviator, good. Um, and then we get to Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf Departed. Wall Street. Oof, boy. Tom Cruise with um, oh, well, The Color of Money. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Color of Money. That's right. That's another. That's that's a great movie, uh, by the way, and that doesn't have De Niro in it. That's a great one. But I like that comparison, like try to figure out which, uh, which run is better. Coming up next, Todd Furman's going to try to uh, give us which bet is better, which bet is best. Get a few best plays for Wild Card Weekend, and we're going to break down some of these games with Todd live in Vegas next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Every week during the football season, we get the great pleasure of talking to Todd Furman, one of the best in the business. Check out his podcast with Payne Insider, the Bet the Board pod, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, boy, I'm going to tell you, he was money all year uh, for us with the best plays. And if you were listening last week, he gave out San Diego State. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, he told you for the national championship game, it's a lay it or don't play it. And, uh, boy, was that easy money. My God. Uh, on Monday night, as Georgia just whoops up on TCU. So let's try to do it again as we roll into wild card weekend. You can follow Todd on Twitter, at Todd Furman. What's up, buddy? Hey, I can't lie, gentlemen. I didn't actually watch four full quarters on Monday night. Uh, when it got to be the route that it was, figured it, my time was better served relaxing and watching a TV show. It's always funny, though, Carm. You have buddies that you trade plays with every now and again, and most of the time I don't get caught up in it. And my friends were actually disappointed they didn't get more drama out of a national title. For me, who does this for a living, I'd rather go to a movie. I can get drama that way. I like rocking chair winners when we happen to have them land I'll that way. take the rocking chair winner, too. I think I'm with you, absolutely. Uh, let's roll into Wild Card Weekend. Let's try, we'll try to get to all these games, but um, let's just go, I guess, in chronological order, and we can start with Seahawks and Niners. And really, the story has just been 
Brock Purdy, Todd. I mean, I know they haven't played a murderer's row uh, of defenses, but I mean, he's looked pretty poised and polished. And when you combo it with the skill set, uh, the skill position players they have, and then Shanahan's play calling ability, the Niners, even with Mister Irrelevant, look about as dangerous as anybody going into the playoffs, don't they? Yeah, we'll try and do as much as we can uh, with these six games. Uh, to your point, we did about 90 minutes of coverage for the Bet Sport podcast if folks are looking for a little bit more after we wrap up here. But you mentioned Brock Purdy, and he's obviously answered the bell and then some under center. I mean, this is a unique occurrence where you're talking about a quarterback being drafted where he was, taking over a team, leading a five-game winning streak. The interesting wrinkle here is the Seahawks are the only team that actually have faced the 49ers with all three different quarterbacks under center in some capacity. Mm. But the nice part for Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan is the supporting cast is arguably the best in the league, both AFC or NFC. They can lean on the defense. They can run the football. And when you look at Seattle, Geno Smith's numbers have really cratered over the back half of the schedule. They're considerably worse against this 49ers defense than what they are against the rest of the league. The one thing, though, the Seahawks may have working in their favor is the weather forecast. It looks like there could be some gusts of wind, uh, a little bit of inclement weather there, and we know that becomes the great equalizer. But ultimately, I think the 49ers pedigree defensively may the difference. I like the first half total under at 20 and a half. I know it's not the best of it uh, as that number got touched up at 21 and a half and 21, but from a mathematical standpoint, you don't lose a massive edge there. So I'm still content going under 20 and a half, hoping that it's not the Niners scoring three touchdowns on their own. All right, we head out to Jacksonville then. Jacksonville, one and a half point dog at home. Uh, both of these teams haven't been to the playoffs in the smidge. So mm-hmm. got two newbies playing a little bit of football. What side do you like? Yeah, a little bit of playoff pedigree here, hopefully, for these two fan bases that they can start with their respective quarterback counterparts. Justin Herbert, to your point, gets his first ever playoff start, and so does uh, Trevor Lawrence on the other side. I think when you look at Jacksonville, it's been a tremendous story, and maybe it took the first eight to ten weeks for Trevor Lawrence to unlearn everything that Urban Meyer drummed into his head last year as we're starting to see him come of age under a very offensive-minded head coach in Doug Peterson. And the Jags are going to get their points against the Chargers defense that when they step up in class has struggled. The problem for the Jaguars is defensively, this team has a long way to go, and people that are talking about massive improvement need to factor in the strength of schedule the last three weeks. When you play Zach Wilson in the weather, you play Davis Mills in a game the Texans didn't look like they had any interest in winning, and Joshua Dobbs making only his second NFL start. So the Jags are going to be competitive here. They're going to have to match this Chargers offense score for score. We're going to want to monitor the status of Mike Williams. I'm not as optimistic about him being a full go as some of the other folks out there are, but I think these two teams can do some damage, especially early. Look for this to be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. I lean over in the first half. Uh, I got a question about that game and just one of the, like the data point of their matchup in week three uh, when you start to factor that in, can you at all, Todd, considering it was so long ago and considering uh, Justin Herbert was probably playing that game with a couple of broken ribs suffered uh, the week before in Kansas City? No, I don't think it carries much weight. And the players and coaches have even come out and said that, that these two teams have shown so much in the way of development and maturation that to use that wouldn't exactly be giving you an edge. Mm. They're going to look at the tape and try and figure out some of the concepts that they saw there. Uh, but I think the point you made, Carm, talking about Justin Herbert looking like a shell of himself, dealing with a rib cartilage injury, it's so difficult to try and take things away from this matchup knowing that it was played earlier compared to one of the games that we're going to get to on Sunday. I'd love to see uh, the Dolphins at full strength going to Orchard Park because I think it'd be so much more compelling. I mean, they're, they're just literally beat half to hell between, you know, Tyreek looks like he's running around on one leg. Teron Armstead ha- uh, has not been good down the stretch because he's been all beat up and, ha- and has missed some games and is not practicing. We know two is out. I, I, I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's hard to handicap it, I guess. Is it a don't? Is it a stay away game, um, or is it just hey, the Bills are are so much better and Miami's so beat up, you got to lay the points. We'll use the same term we used on Monday night. It's a lay it or don't play it. And I think books are going to find themselves in a very difficult spot because professional bettors that I've spoken to want no part of Miami the way they're currently constructed. And Payne actually brought up a great point when we broke this game down in the few minutes we spent here, that Miami, the way it's currently constructed, with the injuries at quarterback along the offensive line, the secondary banged up, they're actually a bottom five team in the league that would probably win three or four games. But here they are forced to go to Western New York. And the Bills are going to have... All of their focus here, you know, some of the distraction with the DeMar Hamlin situation in the rear view, the Dolphins got their attention knowing that they had to erase in a late deficit in that snowy game played on a Saturday night. And when you look at Buffalo, yes, they can be run on, but Buffalo doesn't really have to respect the vertical passing game with Skylar Thompson and Tyreek Hill hobbling around out there. So I think you'll see them play a little bit more traditional than they would the normal nickel package that allows teams to pick up three or four yards. I think Buffalo gets out to a quick start and can put a little bit of separation through. I love a double-digit dog as much as anybody, Hmm. uh, but this is one that I would want no part of come Sunday afternoon. Me neither. I just can't do it. Yeah, now we're looking at the Smoke and Mirrors team, the Minnesota Vikings (laughs) going up against the Giants. Who are two five and one in their last eight? They hung tough in mini in uh, week sixteen. Yeah, so uh, well, I don't know what side to go here. Yeah, and I'm not sure we should be giving the Giants a free pass for smoke and mirrors at nine seven <laughs> and one. Now that record not as gaudy as the Vikings at thirteen and four with eleven wins in one score games this season, the most one score wins in a season in NFL history. But we are talking about historical precedent being set since both teams entered the game with negative point differential the fourth ever playoff game where two teams have that dubious distinction and we did see these teams do battle back in week 16 so I think that's a somewhat more relevant data point than the Jaguars and Chargers now these teams are going to look a little bit different specifically for Minnesota along that offensive line where they're a lot more banged up and that was a real problem each of the last two weeks not just because of the performances but the procedural penalties that they took that I think get masked in a blowout loss against the Green Bay Packers and a glorified scrimmage unfortunately against Against the Bears. Meanwhile, the Giants, they get some key contributors back in the secondary that weren't there. We're going to want to see if a Dory Jackson gets upgraded. I'm not optimistic there, but Xavier McKinney helps. And I think the Giants are going to change up some of their pressure packages a little bit. I came into this game, guys, thinking that Minnesota was actually going to be undervalued. But the more I dug into it, it'd be Giants or pass. Mm. And as it stands right now, uh, this is a game that I'm going to watch looking for a live opportunity. And maybe some props on the Giants side. I think if you want to dig deep, Isaiah Hodgins, the Giants wide receiver, has really been a go-to weapon in the red zone. And his price for an anytime touchdown right around 3-1 to one might be worth a small nibble. Excellent. Todd Furman's our guest for a few more minutes the Bet the Board podcast. It's Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Uh, speaking of teams just uh, beat half to hell and probably not going to have their quarterback, it's kind of a same, similar scenario with this Ravens-Bengals game. Uh, Ravens came out, excuse me, uh, Bengals came out last week and just throttled up, and they were up uh, 17-0 in a blink. Uh, is there some value in still getting nearly double digits or maybe even that number at kickoff just to back John Harbaugh, or is this another lay-it-or-don't-play-it scenario? No, this is a game where I actually think the market is overcompensating for an absence at quarterback. I mean, we knew where it opened in that five and a half, six range was kind of a hybrid line that assumed Lamar Jackson at best could be 60 to 65 percent. 
Uh, of course, you see the price take off when he's not available to practice on Wednesday and then gets officially ruled out earlier today. Mm. But if Tyler Huntley plays instead of Anthony Brown, that's a substantial upgrade for me at quarterback. And when you look at where the number closed last week when the Ravens didn't have Mark Andrews or J.K. Dobbins, it was in that 11, and a, 11, 11 and a half range. Shorter total here. Joe Burrow hasn't exactly excelled in either matchup against this Ravens defense. Roquan Smith has helped them clean up a lot in their linebacking core. And to your point, when you look at John Harbaugh as an underdog, I mean, he's going to do everything he can by hook or by crook to hang around. And I really believe this number in that 10, 10 and a half range, if it ticks up even further, offers all sorts of value on the dog, a team that can run the football and keep it competitive. I don't think this game will be as one-sided as the market suggests. So haven't bet it yet. Going to wait this thing out and hope people continue to drive this number up as I can get a defensive dog catching double digits essentially in the division. All right, and last but not least, Monday night, Bucks at home. Uh, that number down to about uh, two and a half. Bucks laying two and a half against Dallas. Terrible look for Dallas uh, in Week 18 going into these playoffs. But I'll tell you what else has been terrible. The Bucks against the number this year, just 4-12-1, and one, worst in the NFL. So what do we do with Monday night's game? Yeah, forgive the pun here, guys, but I think this ship has sailed on backing Tampa at two and a half. Now, if you didn't grab three, they make a lot more sense as a teaser leg to get them up to the three, four, six, and seven if you can find a suitable dance partner. You mentioned Tampa's struggles from an ATS perspective, and they've been historically bad. Now, when you look at Tom Brady catching points in the postseason, it's not exactly an expansive sample size, but seven and three ATS over a 10-game stretch, and this will be the first time in his career he's a home underdog. So for a guy that loves to play with a chip on his shoulder, He's going to have his full complement of weapons. The offensive line is what it is. But defensively, Tampa should be a little bit healthier in the secondary, which I think will bode well. You look at Dak's struggles. He's turned the football over against inferior opponents, and it's hard to ignore that 14-37 performance we saw last week where the Cowboys still had something to play for. And to put things in perspective, guys, how good Tom Brady has been as if we need this, Tom Brady has 35 career playoff wins. The Cowboys of a franchise have 35 career playoff wins, and Dallas has a grand total of three since Tom Brady entered the league. So if there's a team familiar with postseason flameouts early on, it can be the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Bucs find a way to win this game, uh, but because the number's been beat up a little bit, it's hard to advocate for making a straight bet here. It's a crazy stat. All right, before we let you go, uh, and you gave us a few things to think about, you hinted at a few things that you guys like. Any best bets that you want to give out for Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I think, you know, as square as it may be, uh, it's the Bills in the first half. I mean, get out early, hope that they come out with a dynamic game plan. Josh Allen gets his feet under him, uh, and it's pitch and catch with his receivers there. So as long as you're able to lay seven, that would be my cutoff. I don't think that price is going to be available on Sunday. Mm. Uh, First half-wise, I wanted to give the Jags total out, but that thing has taken off a little bit, and there is a big discrepancy between 23 and 23 and a half when you're talking about a mathematical edge. But I do think first half in Seattle, uh, despite coming off the 21, 20 and a half still gives you a little bit of wiggle room. I don't think the Seahawks do much. And I do think Ken Norton and company will scheme up a few things, given the familiarity with the 49ers to keep them at bay. So look for a little defense. We can pray for rain uh, and hope Mm. we go under with relative ease in the first half of the opening game of the weekend. I'll take it. Good stuff, my man. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. You guys as well, and best of luck at the window this weekend. Thanks, Todd. There's Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast. Wherever you get your pods, uh, and he just said they did a nice deep dive 90-minute episode for this week, getting ready for all six games. So make sure you check that out and follow Todd on Twitter, at Todd Furman. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. 
had uh, something fun I wanted to get to uh, today, Yurko. We'll save it for tomorrow. I got a, I got a quiz for you guys tomorrow, okay? I'm ready. You're ready for this today. I'm ready. Uh, I, I feel like it needs more time to breathe. I want to do this tomorrow. Maybe. You uh, got a quiz. I got a quiz for a you. quiz. It's a quiz about... Uh, it would have been a pop quiz, but now you're going to give me time to study. Yeah, but you have no idea what... In theory, I don't have an idea. Mm. Man, I'm not even going to give you the sport then. That way, you can't go right. do a little digging and you can't study. I know. I'm already there. I'm way ahead of you right now. You think you know what it is? I've broken your story two days ago. Okay. All right, maybe I will just do it then. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I found this interesting, but I just did. All right, go. Uh, do you know that a, a group came out and listed the most handsome MLB managers for 2023? Um, they used... Uh, you I know do. Of course there's an app for this, right? Of course. It's the Golden Ratio Face App. Okay. And apparently... They're basically uh, using the digital technology to right. kind of get an idea of how aesthetically pleasing your face is by using, from uh, Greek mathematics, the golden ratio, which is 1 to 1.618. Why is that the golden ratio? Well, artists believe know. that that it is just so aesthetically pleasing and it is so uh, widely used in art, architecture, and things like that, that it, it's the golden ratio, Okay. So, do you know who number uh, one on this list is? I wouldn't know who number one on your list is. I don't know who it is. But say I said Dave Martinez. Would he be up there? Uh, well, is is Davey... Um, yeah, he's still in Washington, right? Davey's still in Washington. So, yeah. so, yeah, that's a good call. I like, think he's a say, handsome man. So, you say to me Dave Martinez, and I go, boy, I could see Dave Martinez being the most handsome man in baseball. Thank you. He's not. He is. Let's see. Because Davey's still in Washington, right? Yeah, he is. He is. Where is he? Well, he's got he's still eight. He's eight. Oh, he's eighth on that he's list. He's eighth on this list. So it's not Dave Martinez. All right. How uh, about, how about, give me another guess. Rocco Baldelli. Uh, now we're speaking. We have the similar taste in men. Right. In, of course we do. I, I looked at Rocco Baldelli on this. He's 24th. No. What? What kind of brain are they looking for? Rocco Baldelli's a handsome man. Pedro Griffal from the White Sox, yes, twenty fifth. I think he's a little bit more handsome than that. I think I think he's more handsome than the guy on the north side. Okay, you want to know where David, David Ross is? David Ross, yeah, David Ross. Anybody have a guess on where David Ross is? Yurko saying third. I heard I heard it this morning. He's fourth. He's fourth. Yeah, he's yeah. high oh, up. He's got, those, yeah. he's got he's got the kind eyes. Now I do think David Ross is handsome. But again, when you start to get into the subjectivity of all this, you go, well, how do you rank it? They're using this app that is basically only seeing how good the ratio is between the length and width of your face. The managers that are close to having 1.618 times longer of a face than it is wide. Yeah, they do. Right, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chris. Longer's better. I don't know, I've heard yeah. wide's pretty good. Why I've heard Bud Black? More how you use it, guys. Where's Bud Black? Bud Black, okay. Um, 16th, middle of the pack. I don't know who number one would be then. Number one is going to blow your mind. But again, they're just looking at the ratio, not Craig Council. It is 66-year-old Buck Showalter. This is ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing we've ever done. How's everything going? Everything okay? Well... You know, all of a sudden there's a problem with tortable swing. Remember but... when Buck Showalter? <laughs> <laughs> Let me 
Listen, Buck, I, uh, obviously I haven't even talked to you about the importance of player morale, but uh, I've been talking to some of the guys, and some of them, I don't want to mention any names, but some of them are not too happy with the polyester, polyester uniforms. uniforms. <laughs> I think it's very hot in the polyester. You know, it's not a natural fire. It's not natural. <laughs> I think they would prefer cotton. Cotton, cotton breathes. See, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? They're cooler, they're more comfortable, they're happier. They're going to play better. They're going to play better. You may have something there, George. Oh, I've got something. Hmm, cotton uniforms. Cotton uniforms. Buck Showalter on Seinfeld 30 years ago when he was still a young man. What do you think? Buck Showalter, I the just most handsome manager? I, I, I just pulled a picture of that up. That, that is not a handsome fellow by any stretch of the imagination. But his ratio is perfect yeah, almost. Yeah, that's a crock. Rob Thompson of the Phillies is second. Tori Lavulo of the Diamondbacks is third. Rossi, we told you, is fourth. Terry Francona, fifth. I love Terry Francona, but come on. What about Mattingly? Well, Mattingly's not managing this year. Oh, boy, what happened? Mattingly does, he is handsome. He's, like, ruggedly handsome. You know who's last? How'd you like to be last on this Aaron list? Boone. No, Boone is. He's got a vice head. Where's Aaron? I don't know. Where is he? I don't know either. How about Gabe Kapler? Uh, I that's who would my that's who I would have said he's twelfth. Matt Quartaro is that how you say his name? The new guy in Kansas City. Matt I think Quartado. It's Matt, Quartaro, Matt Quartrado, I think is his name. Yeah. Quartraro is his name. Quartraro. He's dead last. Okay. On the list. What's this poor guy look like? I feel sorry for him almost. Don't you feel a little bit bad that somebody's got to be last on this list? Do you guys think we should get the app? And no. do the uh, do the do the thing. I do. think I think we should figure out here at the station who's the most handsomest. Because like, obviously most, it's going to be Yurko. Waddle's the most ruggedly handsome. Like Waddle looks like the oh, Marlboro subjectively. Man. Jeez, yeah. Yurko might have. I agree the, with Carmen here. Yeah, right. Waddle's the most. I got that classic. The black European is handsome. Face, though. Black, black no. is handsome. No. I got a blockhead though. That's yeah, my so Yurko's got a blockhead. I got a blockhead. I mean, it's true. It's if I can admit I have it, then it's really not a knock on me. I know. No, you got to. I, I have a mirror in my home. I, I, I think, know what my head looks like. Do you like. think it's the listeners would enjoy trying to figure out yes. who's who the list is here uh, at the station? I think so. I think we should do, do that. Or not. The app. And how many guys are participating? Everyone. Yeah. Why not? On you, the production you, side. Wait, wait, you're going to exclude uh, someone who who's not pretty. I mean, somebody's yeah. got to be last. That's the only thing. Danny's there... eyes may give him the advantage. I think Black would finish high on the list. I think Tyler Aki, pretty handsome. Oh, good-looking kid. Uh, Cantu got a Jake? vice head. Yeah. Jake's got a vice head, You think head, Jake's though. got a vice head? Yeah, it looks like somebody, got a vice his, head, Jake. like somebody put his head in a vice when he was a kid. You somebody know? put your yeah. head, <laughs> somebody put your head <laughs> in a vice? Jake's standing here and goes, I don't know what that means. You Jake don't know what a vice is? You never seen a vice? No, he I don't. Never you know what a vice is. I don't know what a vice head is. Did you ever do a day of work in your life, kid? What's going on? You don't know what a vice is. I think we should maybe do this and uh, I think we should. see how it shakes out. I, I think this could be fun. I just think guys like... I think like, we should have an event where fans come out and we parade out on stage yes. in the order that in we a, rank. In a thong. Yeah, that's intimidating, boys. In a thong? Yeah, in a thong. You know, yeah, to and me, then like, Jake just said, and then they can bid on a date night out. Oh, that'd that. be great. I've done that already. Yeah, we've <laughs> done that. Sweeties in, that in the Sweeties in the suite. Zero support from everyone that night. Gabe Kapler, 12th. Come on. He's got Gabe Kapler. And by the way, Aaron Boone's 13th. Yeah. Gabe Kapler's higher than 12th. He's a good looking man. 
Taylor it's Francona, got, fifth? No it's way. It's got nothing to do with any of it. It's got to do with the, width. The ratio. Carm, I can take a picture of you and put it on there, take a look. And if you got the width, then you got the width. It just means that your dimensions are good. That's all it means. You've got good dimensions. Buck Showalter is handsome because he has good dimensions because he's close to the golden ratio. His face is close oh, to the golden he's, ratio. He's, he's close to the golden ratio. No, no, that's uh, somebody else. That was a former broadcaster who did baseball in this town. Uh, coming, up, <laughs> coming up next, we are going to crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie. Our buddy Tom in Oak Lawn has the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. You had to have a last word. On Carmen and Yurko. As soon as I heard the Kevin Warren uh, news, I called my brother, I called my family members, I called my friends, and the first thing I said was, Yurko was right. Thank you. Yeah, and, I, and we should never doubt Yurko when he's dropping news anymore. Damn.